Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's time to place your bets. It is me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and today it's time to look ahead to week 14 in the NFL. And I, for one, am very happy to bury week 13 into a deep, dark grave and never speak of it again. My worst week of betting in the NFL season this year. I hated it. It was terrible. I know Pat Fitzmorris wasn't too pleased with it either, but can you see the grin on YouTube? for Matthew Friedman because he was obviously on the opposite of a lot of things we were on so he is happy two of us are miserable so that means we look ahead but of course we're gonna hit Monday Night Football as well gentlemen a lot of injuries racking up we have a lot of buys this week too a weird confluence of events we're gonna break down see if we can find any early value with any of them but before we do I want to remind everybody we are brought to you by BetMGM the king of sports books download the BetMGM app right now before you do anything else and start your wagering there with us over at Betting Pros. And uh, gentlemen, tonight we have a game that we've seen historically has not really gone well for one Tom Brady. Yet still at home, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are three-point favorites to the New Orleans Saints right now. The number is 41, plus 145 is the number if you like the Saints to upset Tom Brady. And I know it's been a rough sled for the New Orleans Saints in 2022. But Matthew Friedman, since you're the one in a good mood this morning, let's start with you on this one. Do you see any value left in this line? Because I know there was some value, but it seemed to slip through your fingers. Yeah, a week ago when we talked about it, uh, this this line was six. Uh, I bet it then, moron that I am, forgot to put it in the app, but uh, whatever. Uh, and then it hung <laughs> around for three and a half for a while, but I just projected 2.75, so I'm not really seeing any value at three. If I had to take a side, it would still be on the Saints. And then uh, also I had the under at 42 and a half. The line there is now 41. I'm not really seeing any value there, but if I had to take it, I would take the under. All right, Fitz, when you look at this game real quick on Monday night, is there anything that stands out to you, anything you want to go after? Not either side, Joe. I'm a little tempted to take the under. I mean, the Saints Mm. are getting Marshawn Lattimore back. He's been kryptonite for Mike Evans uh, for years now. Um, And really, Dennis Allen, the the Saints head coach and former defensive coordinator, has kind of had Tom Brady's number since Brady entered the uh, NFC South. So, I kind of like the under a little bit here, but you referenced it, Joe. This past weekend of betting was so bad. Do I try to like chase after some of the losses? Do I just sit on my couch and tighten my tourniquet and uh, you know so I don't bleed out after this past I weekend? I will speak experience fits. I tried to do that in the four o'clock hour. It did not go well. So I think you just sit this one out. You take some time. You put your phone far, far away from you, so you're not any temptations, any in-game betting tonight. And you just let it ride and you let week 13 die a slow, painful death because yeah, that's Joe, what I wanted to do. I'm going to disagree. Just... I'm going to disagree just a little bit. I <laughs> yeah. will say, I know I, I kind of I pussyfooted around it earlier. I think actually 39.7 is what I have as the projection. So at 41, I still think there's value on the under. Yeah. Okay. And there you Joe, go. So Freeman's just... still betting. <laughs> I, I, knew I, was, I knew I was in trouble in week 13 when uh, before Friedman and I did the Sunday live stream, Friedman is like, we're on the opposite end of quite a few bets this week. I, mm-hmm. I should have known that was the one thing we agreed on was uh, Broncos Ravens under. So that was one mm-hmm. bet that went well, but that was like starting a game of horse and banking in a four foot <sighs> layup. They could have played that game three times and not gone over. Then I moved outside of 15 feet and started firing shots and, uh, you know, throwing up a lot of air balls, <laughs> not, not catching any uh, nets on, on those. So it was a tough day. Let's turn the page to week 14. Before we do, let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about an Isaiah McKenzie 
signed Buffalo Bills mini helmet that can be yours from our friends at Pristine Auction. All you have to do is subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash bettingpros. It's very easy. So go there, subscribe. We've got all the podcasts on there. We've got all the live content, the streams that Pat was talking about earlier, Monday night football, Thursday night football. It's all there for you. And all you have to do is be a subscriber. Make sure you leave a comment on the video. That's it. That's all you got to do. And we're going to announce the winner right here on the channel at some point. So click that little bell till it goes ding for notifications. So you know if you're the winner and every time a piece of content drops here on betting pros. Let's skip ahead now to week 14 in the NFL. Lots of buys by Mageddon part two here. Six teams won't be playing. So let's talk about who is on Thursday. The Las Vegas Raiders coming off a win. The Los Angeles Rams coming off another loss. It's five straight, I believe, for the Rams. Gross. Oof. Wow. Uh, but Nonetheless, they are, of course, five and a half point underdogs at home to the Las Vegas Raiders. 43 is the number. If you like the Rams for the upset, plus 185. Uh, They've been keeping it simple lately in Las Vegas. Get the ball to Devontae Adams and get out of the way. Uh, I think this is a pretty good strategy. I like this strategy. It seems to be working for them. So, uh, Fitz, what are your thoughts here on this early line when we look ahead to Thursday night football this week between the Rams and the Raiders? Yeah, when you've got Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, that makes scheming up a game plan a little bit easier, I would think. Uh, Get the ball to those two guys, stand back. Um, Yeah, so the Rams are pretty much a a smoldering crater at this point in the season. And um, the only thing I wonder about this game, like, is Sean McVay too good an offensive schemer to uh, lay this sort of points with a Raider team that, you know, frankly, I've underestimated all year and and that seems to have its act together all of a sudden. I just wonder if that's a little too tall against a, a McVay team at home. Not that the Rams have a big home field advantage, but, um, you know, they really hung around with Seattle yesterday in a game that we thought would maybe be an easy win for Seattle. Not so the case. Uh, you know, the, the Rams didn't cinch that one until late. So, um, I'm, I'm not really inclined to bet a side on this one. I've, I've pretty much got it uh, within half a point of the actual line and, and same with the, uh, the total. Like, I'm not too interested in betting this one either way. Friedman, I mentioned the streak of the Rams, but I did not mention the streak of the Raiders. They've won three in a row. A little cardiac kids kind of action, a little style-wise, but doesn't that kind of breed a little sense of, hey, everything's going to go our way and a little bit of confidence here because the Raiders are starting at least – to get on the winning side of things. And this is a great time to catch the Rams. Do you think the five and a half is the right number? Or do you think maybe there's still some value here? Yeah, at five and a half, if I had to take a side, it would be the Raiders. I did bet this at five in the look ahead market. I have it projected early on at six right now. So five and a half, eh, not, I mean, not, not really anything significant. Uh, if it dipped down to five, maybe I would, I would get back into it. The, the Rams, like for some reason, uh, you know, maybe it's because of McVay, whatever it is, like they took money last week, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. and it was the right side. And I think people are a little bit skeptical of the Raiders. I know the market was really on them early in the year, and then they massively disappointed in the market turned against them. So this could be a situation where the Rams take money. And if that happens, I would probably go back to the Raiders. Okay, let's go to the next game here, an in-division matchup, a big one. Last time these two teams met, the Jets were the upsetter, and the Buffalo Bills the upsetee. The Bills are now 9-3, and the Jets 7-5, and after dropping a game in Minnesota yesterday, a very close one. Nine and a half is the number here. The Buffalo Bills are favored by 44 and a half is the over-under, and then plus 340 on the money line for the Jets if they're going to sweep the series in 2022. Friedman, 
Nine and a half, a very large number. The Jets defense, very good. The Jets were very competitive yesterday, especially towards the end. And I think showed a lot of chutzpah, as they would say, that they didn't kind of fold up the tents as the same old Jets. They were in this game. They came up short, but they did fight all the way through. Buffalo Bills this time, I think a little bit more prepared, perhaps, for the Jets. What do you think about this number here and any value early on in week 14? So I was impressed with the Jets and what they they did last week. Uh, but, you know, they still weren't able to find the end zone. You imagine that shakes out at some point. But that said, I still think this number is too short, uh, which feels weird because it's a big number. Mm. But if you look at, uh, I don't remember exactly what the week was, but when these teams played earlier in week nine, uh, the Jets were hosting. This line was 12 and a half. And yeah, okay, that was, that was too long. All right. Um, but the, the Bills are now at home field. And this this number has dropped three points. That is too much considering that the Bills are now like pretty healthy. They've gotten back a lot of their key defenders. Tredavis White is starting to play more. Um, I have this number projected at 11 and a half. Uh, I don't think Fitz is, is quite there with me, but um, I don't think he's also like on the other side of this bet. Fitz, the last time these two teams did lock up on the 6th of November, it was a three-point variance between these two teams. Now we're up to nine and a half, so still a lot of faith. Buffalo at home, I get all of that, but are they? is Vegas not taking the Jets' defense seriously enough, potentially? That's kind of what I think, and I'm actually a smidge on the other side of this one. I've got it at nine, mm-hmm. so whereas Friedman thinks this is not uh, a tall enough line, I think it's maybe a little too tall which uh, makes me nervous because, you know, Friedman was right about everything in week 13. and uh, <laughs> Regression is bound to strike at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like we saw the Jets thoroughly outplay the Vikings yesterday. More on that soon. Uh, and their offense is... <laughs> their offense is actually pretty legit now uh it's funny like the jets when they have anyone except zach wilson at quarterback apparently they become this pass happy team remember Mm -hmm. them early in the season with joe flacco throwing it around 50 sometimes again i remember it yeah yeah and how many passes did mike white attempt yesterday like 57 or something like that so they've actually got a little bit of a a punch in their running game now with zonovan bam knights so and and maybe Robert Sala just has the diagnosis of this Bills offense. I mean, maybe that's possible. Maybe the Bills just had a bad day back in week nine. But, um, you know, I, I I think the Jets can hang around in this and uh, cover a, a fairly big number. To Fitz's point really quickly, Sala, I think he's like seven and three, seven and two against the spread in division. Like that's like he's pretty wow. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, by the way, 57 pass attempts for Mike White yesterday. Just looked it up. So but who's counting? But yeah, 57. <laughs> does does uh, Zach Wilson have that many the whole season? I gotta look at that. I'm not sure what that yeah, is. It's funny how they, they protected him for so long <laughs> and then like Joe Flacco or Mike White. Yeah, air it out. Yeah, just means. go ahead, like go crazy. Times. It's like it's like the kid with the learner's permit. Like they just refuse to let him get behind the wheel and drive the car. Maybe there's a good reason. Maybe the headband's a little too tight for uh for Zach Wilson. We shall see. Uh, the only thing uglier than my betting world for uh, week 13 was the Sean Watson's performance. Uh, the Cleveland Browns did come out with a W, though, thanks to the defense and the ineptitude of the Houston Texans. So there you go. They are now five and seven. They are four and a half point underdogs traveling to Cincinnati, as they should be. Uh, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, just taking it to Patrick Mahomes every chance he gets. I mean, Joe B is as cool as the other side of the pillow. I love me some Joe Burrow. I love Mahomes, too, man. But, man, Joe Burrow is just big spots, man. I love a guy 
who shows up in big spots. And this guy always does. You hope that there's no letdown here in this game. That's the only thing you're trying to be cautious of. But it feels like they smell blood in the water in this division. It feels like with Lamar Jackson potentially out for, we're not exactly sure how long, and the way the Ravens have played lately anyway, this division's very much in play. Four and a half point favorites at home, 48 and a half is the number, plus 183 for the Cleveland Browns. But Fitz, let's talk about this here. Is there any letdown, any concern here on this number with Cleveland coming to town? Do you think Joe Burrow and the Bengals understand and recognize the position they're in right now? It's a huge win they're coming off of. Don't let your foot off the gas. Keep pressing, and the division might be theirs. Well, there's that, and here's another reason why I don't think we're going to see a letdown, Joe. The Browns kicked the Bengals' tails on Halloween night, 32-13 to yes, 13 in and Cleveland. They, and they have been Joe Burrow's kryptonite. <laughs> they have been, yeah. I mean, that was by far the worst uh, the Bengals have played all season. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a revenge narrative added to this. And I just think the Browns are getting way too much credit here, especially after seeing an offensive drop-off for them. Uh, going from Jacoby Brissett to Deshaun Watson, who did not look very good in his first start after looking not very good in a preseason game earlier uh, earlier in the fall. I mean, yeah, their their passing game felt more dangerous with Jacoby Brissett. So, like, I think mm. this line just gives them way too much credit. I've got it at six and a half, and uh, I'm I have already jumped on this early line on the Bengals. Now, last time these two teams hooked up to uh, Jamar Chase, not available, I believe, if memory serves. So now we're getting back to a different set of circumstances here, Friedman. So in your opinion, with Jamar Chase back healthy, with Joe Burrow and company coming off a huge win, do you see any early value here? Or do you see potentially a trap uh, like we see typically when the Browns and Bengals square up that we end up thinking, oh, yeah, it's the Bengals. They're the better team. And then typically the Browns, for some reason, seem to have their number. I'm with Fitz on this one, and I have it projected at five, but I know that projection doesn't take into account the fact that I probably didn't downgrade the Browns enough based on what they did last week because they they won the game. They won pretty handily, but they did not look good. That had more to do with the Texans being very bad instead of the Browns actually doing anything functional at all. And the uh, the Bengals, like I've moved them up pretty aggressively in the power ratings, but uh I still think there's there's significant upside here. So as Fitz was talking, I went and bet this at BetMGM, sponsor of the show. The king at, of uh, sportsbooks. Yes, yeah. the king of sportsbooks at mm-hmm. minus four and a half. All right, there you have it. Let's move on to the next one here, the Dallas Cowboys. Boy, they figured it out late, didn't they? What a <laughs> what an offensive explosion. Towards the end of that game, a nine and three they are now against the Houston Texans, their Texas rival. This number is 16 and a half. It's the biggest number I've seen I don't know, is the biggest number all year, gentlemen? I've, I don't remember I seeing a 16. Since, I think it's the biggest one. I don't I remember some 13s, maybe a 14. I don't remember 16 and a half. Uh, and look, deservedly so. 45 is the over-under on this one, plus 900. I feel like the Houston Texans for the incredible upset. I do not. Uh, it's just a matter of, is this number too large, Friedman? Or do you see this number potentially growing as the week goes on? Because Dallas defensively, offensively starting to look like a real contender here in the NFC. Do you think that the 16 and a half stays where it is and people should lock it in now? So I bet it at 14 and a half in the look ahead market, uh, you know, it's coming. Shout out me. Uh, but 16 and a half is right where I have it projected. That said, I still think it moves to 17 because who's going to Cowboys money is going to come in because they're a public team and who is going to want to bet 
on the Texans? Like, what is the number I would have to set to make you think, all right, now I'm actually going to put money on the line and bet on the worst team in the NFL? It would, it, this number would have to be above 20 to make you think, all right, I'm doing it. So I, I think it gets to 17 and it might go beyond 17. Fitz, what are your thoughts on this one? <clears throat> Obviously a huge number, but what do you think about week 14 value on this game? I just can't bet a favorite that tall in the NFL. And I've got to readjust this. Like I had it around two touchdowns and I just have not adjusted enough based on what <clears throat> we saw in week 13. But I will point out that the... <clears throat> Uh, Cowboys were barely beating the Colts before that fourth quarter where you would feel pretty good if you were a Colts better going into that fourth mm. quarter before the roof completely caved in on your head. Um, yeah, I just mm. like I on principle do not like betting uh, NFL favorites at, at 14 or more really disinterested in this game either betting it or watching it let me know what happens on sunday night um yeah i'm just kind of staying away let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks sign up today with BetMGM and use that promo code betting pros when you do and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. And don't forget to use that promo code bettingpros. That's one word, bettingpros, when you sign up today. Terms and conditions apply. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, and Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable. Free bets on site. Credit. Free bets expire seven days from insurance excludes Michigan disassociated persons please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado DC Kansas Louisiana Nevada Wyoming or Virginia 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana Maryland New Jersey or West Virginia 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi in Ontario if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or close to you please contact connects ontario at 866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge sports betting is void in georgia hawaii ohio and utah and other states where prohibited promotional offers not available in nevada and new york and now back to the action well fitz teased this before the minnesota vikings 10 and 2 now they are one point favorites on the road against the detroit lions who you know let's be honest went out there offensively and put a hurting on the jacksonville jaguars they are now five and seven things trending in a good direction for the lions the last few weeks playing very competitive games coming out with some w's some heartbreaking losses too because that's the lions but this number is 53 obviously jared goff at home is a very different jared goff we know that and we saw that again on display yesterday yeah you did get jameson williams back in this game he didn't do anything yet that is another piece of this puzzle. DeAndre Swift starting to look better also. Uh, this one at the money line, minus 110 for either of these teams to win. It's basically a pick em. Last week we talked about maybe the Vikings maybe not getting enough respect here against the Jets. So Fitz, where's your respect level here with the Minnesota Vikings as they head to Detroit? Oh, it's not very high, Joe. Uh, that might <laughs> surprise you as I've been declaring <clears throat> all year. And uh, this is the crazy thing. In Minnesota's last 10 games... They have nine one-score wins. Their last 10 games, nine of them have been victories by eight points or fewer. Um, when I projected this game on Saturday, I was originally at Minnesota minus two. And, um, yeah, I mean, I had to drop that after yet another incredibly lucky win by the Vikings in which they were outgained by something like 200 yards, but the Jets kept shooting themselves in the foot uh, as they got close to the red zone. So... 
I mean, the Vikings have this serious bend, but don't break defense. I mean, they just keep bending and bending and bending. And uh, for some reason, they never break. But the trends in this series uh, last four games between the Lions and Vikings, two two-point wins for the Vikings, one two-point win for the Lions, one four-point win for the Vikings. Like, this is going to be a close game, probably high-scoring. Uh, yeah. I just don't want to bet this. I mean, you know, it's going to finish <laughs> right around the number and it's probably going to be decided inside the final two minutes of the game. So, um, yeah. I, Friedman, is this the, uh, the same sort of thing where maybe you're looking for the over or you're looking for some individual prop value, but not necessarily on this game since it is so close. And obviously it's going to appear at least from Vegas standpoint to be another tight one. I mean, I think if you want the total, it's fine. It's uh, it's already pretty high. What is it? 52? Yeah, 50. I, I have it projected at 52 and a half. I mean, mm-hmm. I could see moving it up to 53. Uh, so, yeah, I can see if you're going to take a, a position on the total, I think you're taking the over. But I don't mind the Lions here. It, it would not surprise me if this flipped and by kickoff, the Lions are one, one and a half point favorites. And not that there's a massive move from, you know, one to minus one, but I have this as a pick them right now. Um, I, you know, just looked at it in the look ahead market, saw it was wrong, bet it at plus three. Uh, I still see value on the Lions here, even at this number of one. Can I make Next, a, a, Yeah, sure. Just one more, <laughs> one point about that total. Um, so when they played earlier this year in Minnesota, one twenty-eight, twenty-four, so 52 mm-hmm. right around the number, I guess this number makes sense. But uh, I will point out that neither team produced 300 yards in that game. Detroit outgained Minnesota 277 to 250. And, um, and so like it, it probably should have played a little under the 52 points it played at in that game. Um I don't know. Like, I don't love the over here as much as Friedman. Well, it's already declined, Pat, from 52 to 52 and a half. And now the consensus number is 53. Do you wait and see if it grows even more and then bet the under? Or do you think you lock it in now before it maybe starts going the other way? I might look to lock this in at, uh, you know, I have it at 52. So if I can get it at 53, I might I might just take it now. I don't know if it goes any higher than that. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles put on a show. Boy, oh boy, was I wrong. I thought the Titans were going to be the team to take it to the Eagles. The Eagles took it to the Titans, big time. Uh, They are six and a half point favorites over the New York football giants in New York. Uh, Jalen Hurts was terrific. A.J. Brown, even better. 45 and a half is the number on this one. Plus 225 if you like the Giants. The Giants are now 7-4-1 and after tying with the Washington Commanders. Uh, look, at this point, Fitz, with the Eagles, I mean, this is really the easy bet, right? <clears throat> the Eagles have looked very strong. Do you just continue to go ahead and take this number now? Do you think this number is going to grow as the week goes on? Because it feels like it might as everybody sort of marinates on the performance of the Eagles against a very tough Titans team. And let's be honest, the Giants, especially offensively, leave a lot to be desired at this point. I might wait to see if it gets to seven and a half and then grab the Giants as a home dog. I love betting the home dogs. Um, But this was an impressive performance by the Eagles after three kind of shaky games. I mean, they had that home loss to the uh, Washington Commanders earlier and then uh, narrow wins over the Colts and Packers. So the Eagles did not look sharp. And then they just uh, blew the doors off a, a very good AFC team yesterday. So that was impressive. But at the same time, the Giants uh, undermanned against a a hot Washington Commanders team hung throughout that game and probably should have won if not for a couple silly mistakes. So, um, yeah, like the Giants are are plucky under Dable. 
And uh, if this gets over seven and a half, I'm going to take those points. But as of now, I see no value. How about you here, Friedman? Do you see any value in this one early on? Because obviously the Eagles, six and a half. I, to me, I thought this would be a bigger number, to be honest with you. I think you're giving the Giants a lot of respect, maybe too much. Yeah, I echo what Fitz said. Uh, we're lockstep on this uh, and, you know, aligned with the market. Uh, you know, six and a half is where it is almost universally across all the books. I have it at six and a half. Fitz has it at six and a half. If it climbed up to seven and a half, I would definitely be taking the Giants here. I do see value on the under at 45 mm-hmm. and a half, um, you know, outdoor divisional game in December with two teams that like to run the ball, it, it feels like an underspot. I have it projected at 44.1. All right. Uh, and the Giants on the money line, plus 225, if you think the Eagles have any letdown or in-division woes here. It's weird because the Eagles sometimes – do you feel like there are team guys that plays up to their competition and down to their competition at times? I feel like that's something that worries me slightly with this team at times. Do you guys get that feeling at all? Yeah, that's yeah. a good observation. I do get that feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say one thing that I i mean, I definitely moved them up because it was an impressive win over the Titans. It was. Very. I do want to say, though, the Titans, they feel also kind of like a team that is like Jekyll and Hyde to where like 80% of the time they're one team and then 20% of the time they are just total crap. And well, like you 20% that is, is that time where they get behind. Feels. Yeah, I think the Freeman. I, I I think the twenty percent is just the time where they fall behind early because yeah. they they can't dig themselves out of that hole through the air. They're just not that team. If they can get you to like a 10-10 game at half, you've they've got you in their wheelhouse. Like that's it. They're gonna yeah. grind you out. But if they fall down twenty to ten in the first quarter, that's bad news for the Titans. They just yeah. can't seem to dig themselves out of that hole. Uh, let's go to the next one here on the board. These two teams are gonna match up two times in the next coming month here. Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers. This game becomes infinitely more interesting now. Seahorse coming off a win, Baltimore coming off a win, but Baltimore really losing Lamar Jackson possibly for an extended period of time. We shall see as we get more uh, information. It could be a week, could be no time. We don't know yet, but that means there's opportunity here for this line. Uh, Pittsburgh defense starting to play a little bit better too, obviously since CJ Watts returned. The Steelers at home, one point favorites in this game. 38 is the over-under. That feels about right. Uh, you get even money on Baltimore if you want to take them to win outright. Friedman, what do you think about this game here? Is this the beginning of the end for the Baltimore Ravens as they look to have, again, two games against Pittsburgh, and then they have another game to close out the year against Cincinnati? And this offense has been sputtering for weeks now. Yeah, Huntley, uh, the backup quarterback, <clears throat> he was good as a fantasy player last year, but there was still a, a pretty big difference between him and Lamar Jackson in terms of their values to the spread. And so this number was, I believe, let me make sure I'm right. I think it was four and a half in the look ahead market. And uh, with the the move that we've seen through zero, where the, uh, the Steelers are now favored. I mean, obviously this line is indicating that Lamar Jackson is not expected to start this week by the market. And I think that's accurate. We also had left tackle Ronnie Stanley who was out. So a backup quarterback without his left tackle, uh, this, it makes sense that we have the Steelers favored in this spot who've actually been playing pretty well over the the past month, uh, getting better on offense. And with defense, you have TJ Watt there. Uh, that helps a lot, even though their secondary is uh, suffering from some injuries. So I have this projected at uh, minus one and a half going towards Pittsburgh. So, you know, I think there's a little bit of value there on the Steelers. Um, but, you know, that's also assuming 
that there's no Lamar Jackson. Uh, and I think that's very likely, but you know, we can't lock that in for sure yet. Fitz, how do you feel about this game as we look ahead early to Baltimore and Pittsburgh? Well, I don't think we see Lamar because uh, we have heard the original or the um, reports saying that they don't think it's going to be a season ending injury. Well, that certainly does not make it sound like he's going to bounce back for week 14. So I think we do see Tyler Huntley in this game. And in his four starts last year, uh, he was sacked 15 times and threw four interceptions. So there are mistakes that are going to be made. And in fact, he faced the Steelers in the regular season finale last year. Huntley was 16 of 31 for 141 yards with no touchdowns, two interceptions, and three sacks. So um, that kind of makes you want to lean towards the Steelers. But really, like, what is the advantage in terms of point differential, Kenny Pickett versus Tyler Huntley? Is it like more than a point? I don't know if it's more than a point. And I know... <laughs> I know which team's infrastructure I like more, even with the Ronnie Stanley injury. Like if Ronnie Stanley were healthy, I mean, I would think the Ravens infrastructure would be uh, worth more like, you know, four or five points, like just four points, mm -hmm. take away the quarterback position. I would think the Ravens are at least four or five points better than the Steelers. Ronnie Stanley maybe levels things a little bit, but like I can't get on board with the Steelers here. I'm I'm kind of inclined to just not bet this, but I see this as like close to a pick 'em. I'm actually very much on the Pittsburgh side of this game, guys. I think that Pittsburgh is good. like that that crowd was very fired up a couple of weeks ago for that game against the Bengals. I think Kenny Pickett is continuing to figure things out. I think there's gonna be a lot of motion there. This is a huge game. They hate. I mean, just ask Scott Bachman how much Steeler fans hate the Ravens. Like, this is going to be a, a really big opportunity. And I think you, when you have an opponent like this that's been like your nemesis for so many years, you kick them when they're down, and they're down right now. As good as they've been defensively these last few weeks, and and uh, they have been, but, man, offensively, they just can't seem to get anything going. So if they can get – Pittsburgh can get one lucky score in there, that might be the difference. Like, there might not be any coming back from that. Yeah. The Jacksonville, Jacksonville, sorry. Yeah. I just said, no, just to ahead. follow up on what you said, Joe, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, to Fitz's point about thinking of infrastructure, I, I think organizationally, kind of top down, big picture, he's right. But I think we have the better quarterback, we have the better wide receivers, we have the team that's at home, and the Steelers might have the better defense. If, it, if it's not better, better it's, running it's back about too. the same. You know, in a game where you want to grind out, maybe a little bit, maybe the better running back, too. I mean, yeah, Najee yeah. pushing guys down to the ground pretty ferociously. That was a pretty angry run there that he had where he pushed that defensive back down to the ground and planted him. I don't know if he's going to grow out a, a, a flower anytime soon, but my goodness, he was pretty deep into the earth. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars four and eight. Somehow Trevor Lawrence was able to walk back into this game. I don't know how after watching that injury, I thought, oh, my God, Trevor Lawrence is done. I was not thinking positively after that but he came back unfortunately it was not enough for them they came up with another loss they're four and eight the tennessee titans licking their wounds a little bit seven and five this is the perfect opponent for i think tennessee to have here three and a half point favorites at home 41 and a half is the number plus 163 on the money line fits let's start with you with this one um derrick henry's been a little slow lately in terms of productivity hasn't quite been typically we're used to seeing december you know, after Thanksgiving, this is what I like to call the Derrick Henry season, where defenses stop wanting to tackle people and Derrick Henry starts running them over. It doesn't seem to be going in that direction this year. I mean, we finally seeing the King look a little old here at this point in the season. And do you think that this is in any way, shape or form a dangerous game for the Tennessee Titans? 
Boy, this will be telling, Joe, because this certainly seems like a get right spot mm-hmm. for Derrick Henry. Sure um, does. But boy, I don't know how dangerous this feels. And we were just talking about the Titans and, and uh, you know, Joe, you made the point, And I think it was a good one that the Titans are not built to play from behind. And, you know, like it, part of it is this team is just they're such overachievers. And mm-hmm. I have, as Friedman knows, immense respect for Mike Vrabel. I think he's, you know, as far as motivational and getting his team ready to play week after week. I think he's maybe the best in the NFL, um, but too bad. They don't give him more to work with sometimes. I mean, it's not, that, that's what's frustrating. Like he and, is such a great coach and maybe like, I mean, how long can you play the narrative of us against the world before he starts to get frustrating? We're just like, I just need a little bit more help. Yeah. And that's it. Why do they occasionally come out with these clunkers? Like the one they played against Philly in week 13. And it's because all of a sudden you realize, wow, they're, they're really undermanned. So, uh, you know, they can overachieve, eight times out of 10, but those two times they're going to uh, be out talented, so to speak, (laughs) but I don't think they're going to be out talented against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we rarely see, you know, maybe it is two out of 10 games where uh, the Titans disappoint. Rarely do the Titans play two bad games in a row. And I think they are going to come home uh, with steam coming out of their ears after the way they played in Philly on Sunday. And, you know, they've got, uh, this is a homecoming type matchup. You know, you don't you don't schedule the the strong teams for homecoming. You schedule the cupcake. They've got a cupcake coming back home uh, against the Jaguars. They won five in a row against the Jags. The last time they lost to Jacksonville was week three of 2019. Uh, you mentioned it, Joe, like Trevor Lawrence. Like he can't be fully 100 percent healthy after that injury that I was sure was a, a torn ACL. <clears throat> oh, I thought maybe, he was done for the year. I, yeah, I was maybe like, well, multiple but... knee ligaments. I mean, it looked bad. Yeah. And, and to see him like jogging back onto the field was just amazing uh but yeah he can't he can't be fully right for this game so i really like the titans here friedman is it just as simple as this as it looks as it appears <laughs> uh when when fitz was waxing poetic about the titans and mike Rabel, <laughs> i had to go look at our projections just to see where he had them so fitz has them at minus five i have it at minus 3.75 you know, right. I'm basically right in line with the market. I don't have much to say about this game, except I'm, there's a chance that I'm not taking into account the potential injury or or not potential injury. He is injured. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is injured, but the, the extent, uh, Mm -hmm. the impact of that injury. So that's something I'm going to be looking at in the injury reports throughout the week. And maybe I need to downgrade the, uh, the Jags a little bit more because of that, but also thinking on the injury front, this Titans team is really injured. Uh, and that mm-hmm. is one of the things to where it's like they're they're undermanned to begin with, but then they are especially undermanned. They're missing quarterback Caleb Farley, uh, uh, safety Lonnie Johnson, and then now Elijah Molden and Christian Fulton at cornerback. They're injured. Like they could be without like their three starting cornerbacks. They're missing Zach Cunningham, one of their starting off-ball linebackers. And now they're missing David Long, their other starting off-ball linebacker. Uh, they've been without uh, edge rusher Danico Autry, who's their main edge rusher at this point. They've been without him for a couple of weeks. There's no guarantee that he comes back in this game. Uh, and Traylon Burks, their main wide receiver, he went out with a concussion. No guarantee he comes back this week. Like they are significantly injured, and there's no chance that they're getting all of these guys back this week. So I, I'm downgrading them on the injury front, like the short term injury front this week, more than I am almost any other team. 
they're also three and zero in the division. This would put them to four and zero in the division, and possibly sew it up for them. I think they realize the gravity of this game. If you handle your business, you've at least punched your ticket practically to the playoffs. Which yeah. means if you do that, you can afford to rest some of those guys. Seating doesn't matter. Only one team's getting the buy. You're not going to be it. So win this game, get right, get healthy, and then take your shots in the playoffs. That's probably what Mike Vrabel's speech is going to be. Spoiler alert, everybody! I just stole it. All right, let's go to the next one here. Talk about get right games. This is the perfect time for Patrick Mahomes to have the Denver Broncos. There we go. Let's let's go, baby. Let's ride to mile high. Let's do it. Uh, the Denver Broncos, three and nine. They are nine point underdogs at home to the Kansas City Chiefs. Forty three is the number. Plus three thirty on the money line for the Denver Broncos. Friedman, look, uh, Patrick Mahomes played hard yesterday. <clears throat> they came up short. We all saw what happened there. This is when you go to Denver and you take out all your frustrations on Russell Wilson on the Denver Broncos. And I know the Denver Broncos defensively are a good team. And I know people are going to look at this and say, well, but look how they hold the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think people realize how bad the Ravens offense truly has been in 2022. So let's not give them too much credit here. Freeman, what do you think about this number here? Do you think it grows over time? What does your uh, number say here? Is it at nine above or below? I feel really dirty with this game. <laughs> I have it projected at 7.25 and okay. I don't, I don't feel good about it. Um, but uh, I've bet it. I I'm on, I'm on the Broncos <laughs> at nine and a half. And I'm also on the under, this is like my hashtag brand, like betting Broncos unders. Um, and of course this line has moved against me. It, this line has moved up <laughs> a little bit of, of, to 43, but I just got to wherever people think this line should be Broncos games have finished 10 points under the market on average to this yeah. point. So in a low scoring game with a team at home at altitude in December in a divisional matchup, getting almost 10 points. I just, I kind of have to take it and I, I don't feel good about it, but this defense is so good. And the thing is people like we have been high. I, I have been high on the chiefs to this point, especially when the chiefs have been big favorites. Like it is a, it is a different approach. Like I think they can win games uh, by big margins, but they don't do it because they don't need to like they, they lack the killer instinct to just like, pile on the points when they can so i even even if like a seven point game is right there sure that's fine i think that's where this number should be but the chiefs aren't going out of their way to put the boot on the neck of the opponent and kill them when they're down they're just fine to let them kind of die the gentle death well that i mean like last couple of weeks certainly some frustrating times i mean that rams game was very close there there was a very tight contest but sean McVay was very prepared he got them fired up to play the chiefs Fitz, I understand exactly what Friedman's saying, and it makes a lot of sense. But I'm talking about Andy Reid preparation versus Nathaniel Hackett preparation at the end of the day, and I just don't think they're going to be able to keep pace with the Chiefs in any way. I think the Chiefs feel what Friedman's saying. I think they're hearing that, and I think they're overdue for a little bit of this classic Chiefs putting 38 on somebody. And look, it still might go to the under. <laughs> just let's say if that happens because the Denver Bronco offense is not good either. But what do you think about this game? Well, first of all, I owe Friedman an apology because on the <laughs> live stream yesterday, I called him a Chiefs Patrick Mahomes fanboy. And oh. uh, his his selection this week, uh, clearly I, I you know was mistaken in labeling him as such. Um, I agree this feels it feels a little tall because Kansas City, uh, you know, I've been burned on 
several occasions betting them as big favorites the last couple of years. Uh, they just don't seem to step on the throat very well. I didn't want to bet them against the Rams a few weeks ago when, you know, one of the biggest mismatches you could possibly have. But the trends here, not good for the Broncos. Kansas City has won 13 straight games against Denver going back to week two of 2015. This predates Patrick Mahomes. And let's take a, a real quick trip down memory lane, fellas. Uh, so that was, yeah, September 17, 2015. Denver won 31 to 14, 31 24, their last win against the Chiefs. Peyton Manning had three touchdown say, passes. This is Peyton Manning. <laughs> two, of them to Ma two of them knew Emmanuel Sanders, one to Virgil Green. Uh, the late Demarius Thomas had 116 yards for Denver. And Jamal Charles had 125 rushing yards and a touchdown for the Chiefs. It's been a while since Denver has beat Kansas City. And they've never beaten Patrick Mahomes. Do we really think this Russell Wilson Denver offense is going to be the one that slays the dragon? I kind of don't think so. So don't want to bet the Chiefs is a big favorite. Don't want to bet the Broncos. Just going to walk away. Just going to walk away. All right. Uh, let's go to the next one here. Carolina and Seattle. Seattle is now 7-5. and five. They're going to host the Panthers. They are five-point favorites at home. Uh, we're getting updates right now. I just saw this morning Ken Walker. Uh, they're getting some tests done on the ankle to see where he is at. Obviously, that would be a huge loss in this game. Could impact the line, but still Carolina has been bad this year. 43 and a half is the number plus 185 on the money line for the Panthers here. Do you see any early value at all for, uh, excuse me, uh, fits on this game? Not either way. Uh, I, I don't. I'm, I'm pretty much right on uh, the, the spread and the total as far as my projection. So not inclined to bet it. But can I ask you guys a quick question? Do you think Geno Smith is going to be starting for someone, whether it's Seattle or anyone else in 2023? Oh. Yeah, 100%. He is yeah. now yeah. minus 700 for comeback player of the year, by the way, which I don't know what he came back from, except from obscurity. Like, I don't know what I, I don't understand what the I mean, I guess that counts. But that uh, that broken jaw like seven years ago. <laughs> Right, that's what it was. I mean, but yeah, I mean, especially with the need for quarterbacks in the league, I, I would imagine he's going to have an opportunity yeah. somewhere. I mean, I would yeah. keep him if I was Pete Carroll, wouldn't you? I think they keep I, him. I think so. But uh, like looking at this game at five and a half, um, you know, I, the first thought is can Geno Smith cover kind of a big number by himself with no running game because it's going to be just a precipitous drop off from, from Ken Walker to, you know, DJ Dallas, uh, uh, like, Big fall off. So it's going to be Geno single-handedly slinging it around to beat Carolina. Can he do it? My first thought is, yeah, I think he can do it. So um, although I don't want to bet it, like I don't want to bet against Geno either at this point. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly there. I want, I don't want to bet it, but I'm not betting against Geno Smith. Uh, it is the Carolina Panthers, Friedman. Do you think that's all you need here for this five? Yeah, I, I do want to bet it, and I did bet it. Uh, I have it projected <laughs> at 7.25. And, wow. um, yeah, to Fitz's point, the, the running game could be pretty nasty for uh, for the Seahawks because uh, it's not it's not just Kenneth Walker. DJ Dallas also had an ankle injury, and I think he was, like, technically, like, doubtful to enter the game, and then they right. needed to put him back in the game. Uh, Travis Homer is also dealing with a knee injury and illness, uh, so he wasn't – uh, active last week but you know there's a chance he comes back this week and so maybe he could be the lead back but you know it's the running game I don't think it matters all that much Carolina is terrible Geno Smith is having a you know a fantastic season here and 
at home. Like he's been he's been pretty good at home historically. The Seahawks have a massive advantage at home. You have Carolina traveling across the country. Uh, I think this is a a very desirable spot to be backing the the Seahawks. Seattle is three and two at home this year. Uh, and just uh, looking at where they're at right now, the uh, again another W for them. They're right in the thick of things, and who knows? I mean, <clears throat> with the injury in the game, we're going to talk about next to San Francisco's quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Who knows? Perhaps the West is actually up for grabs again. Is it possible? San Francisco eight and four, but uh, losing Jimmy Garoppolo for the season. So Brock Purdy takes over a QB. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Iowa State, right? If memory serves. Yes, guys. That's Iowa State. Oh, dirty, yeah. Dirty Purdy. Dirty Purdy from the <laughs> Iowa State. Let's go. Uh, Iowa State, the hub of so many great quarterbacks over the years. Uh, let's go to the numbers here. San Francisco is still three-point favorites at home. And I think as they should be. Defense is still very good. Still plenty of weapons here. Brock Purdy did what he had to do. 37 and a half is the number uh, for the over-under plus 140 if you like the Bucs. Uh, I, I am out of the business of the Bucs, Matthew Friedman. I just, I, they have not inspired any faith in me whatsoever. I would be on the San Francisco side. I just don't know if there's any value here in this. Do you? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm the sicko who's going to be betting on Tampa Bay in this spot. Okay. Um, they are significantly injured right now in the secondary, but I'm imagining that a couple, at least one of those guys, ends up making it back by week 14. So, uh, you know, free safety, Mike Edwards, cornerback, Sean Murphy Bunting, safety, Antoine Winfield, who's, you know, playing a little more as a slot corner. I think one of those guys returns. All of them were listed as doubtful this week. And so, you know, that kind of puts them on the trajectory for playing next week. And if all of those guys return, all of a sudden you have a, a secondary that's looking pretty good going against a third string rookie, uh, literally the last pick of the draft this year. We, we are, he is the actual Mr. Irrelevant and, uh, you know, fine. He looked good. But that was in a game coming out of nowhere. Uh, I'm just going to put my foot down and say Tom Brady should not be an underdog against a third-string rookie quarterback. I'm just going to say that, assert it as objective fact. And so my my number, having said that, I have this at exactly three. That's that's the number, <laughs> but I don't care. I do not wow, care. I will, was... be, I will be betting okay. on Tom Brady in this spot. All right. The gut over the numbers here in this one. Pat, if Tom Brady should lose again to the New Orleans Saints, do you think this number changes at all? It could change if they really lay an egg against New point. Orleans on Monday night. So, um, yeah, like I don't know if it, the right move is to take this early because I'm with Friedman. Like Tom Brady is a three-point dog to Mr. Irrelevant. And, of, of course, there are, you know, a hundred other guys involved in this game who are going to have some bearing on how things go down. But um, the 49ers, like, had not been good offensively in recent weeks and actually had one of their better offensive performances with Brock Purdy playing. Uh, I, I don't know if that's going to repeat, though. So um, I think rather than wait and maybe have, uh, you know, Tampa play well against New Orleans and this this line loses some of its value, I think I'm going to lock it in at three. Um, you know, I just, as many issues as I have, Joe, like you, I'm not eager to, uh, put money on the Buccaneers again. But, <laughs> no, man, I'm not. I'm more eager if they lose up. tonight though. I'm more eager if they lose tonight because if they lose tonight, I think the three goes to maybe three and a half. Could even be my, the, the, the faith is dying quickly. I think for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and rightfully so they've, they've kind of self-inflicted wounds here to a certain extent. So that's how I look at this one, but 
who knows I if they win say, convincingly maybe it looks very different this line maybe this line becomes one at the end of the day yeah and i have to say like the the discount from garoppolo to purdy i have it at four but like i feel like there's significant room like for error in that projection and not to the upside like garoppolo mm-hmm. as much as uh you know he might frustrate fantasy managers and and uh, 49ers fans like he has been a very functional quarterback within that system for over half a decade the drop off to a seventh round rookie has to be pretty significant and as good as purdy looked last week there's no guarantee he looks anything like that this week so i have it the difference between them as being four points but the difference could be more like six or seven points all right last couple games here on the slate we're gonna hit up for week 14 miami dolphins uh seems like Tua is all right going to play it seems like against los angeles chargers six and six are the chargers they're three-point home underdogs as they should be there's no advantage there 51 and a half is the total for this game plus 128 friedman is that 51 and a half too low who uh it's i think that is uh, a good number um i have it well yeah i have it 52.3 i have I it, think it's low <laughs> i haven't bet it i this is a game that i feel a little bit weird about in part because of the the tua injury and it looks like he's gonna play tom pelicero said he could have re-entered the game if they needed him to but I, on the side i have this i'm showing value on the chargers and i feel kind of disgusting about it and i wanted to look at some more things on that but um I have this at uh, Chargers underdogs by 1.25 points. And so at two and a half, I think there's value there. And one thing that does give me a little bit of pause on this is that the Dolphins are staying on the West Coast. So uh, that's sort of like the Shanahan trick that Mike McDaniel learned. Like when traveling on the same coast, you just stay there. Uh, And so I think the normal road disadvantage that the Dolphins have had will be diminished this week. And so I I need to adjust for that a little bit more. So my numbers are showing some value on the Chargers, but I'm just I'm not sure how much I actually trust it. Fitz, what's your trust level here in this game? A little bit of value on the Chargers. I think uh, I've got it at minus one and a half for Miami. And I've also got it a little to the under just because of the uncertainty about Tua's ankle. And um, the Dolphins running game sort of disappeared on Sunday. And granted, they were playing a very, very stout run defense of uh, San Francisco. And now they're going to be playing one of the worst run defenses in the league. But I do worry a bit uh, when a running game just goes belly up like that. So I don't know if this one plays over. I'm not feeling wildly confident about it. But uh, as Friedman knows, I hate betting Chargers games. So I'm probably just not going to do anything on this one. All right, last one, Monday night football. We've got the New England Patriots on tap going to Arizona. Arizona 4-8, and eight, the Pats 6-6. Six and six. The Patriots are one-and-a-half-point favorites in this game on the road. 43-and-a-half is the number, plus 105 on the money line. Fitz is the wrong team favored here. Yeah, uh, Friedman is going to. I'm. I'm not going to uh, steal the Cliff Kingsbury narrative from Friedman. That is. That is his uh, thing to talk about. So I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say that I do like the Cardinals as a home dog here. And um, I originally projected this at 42 points, but I've since bumped it up to 43. That still puts me in the under. But like, I'm not confident in betting this. And if anything, I, I almost want to be in the over because the Patriots have become really pass heavy in like neutral game scripts lately. There has been a a subtle sea change in the way their offense works. And maybe it's not having Damian Harris, but um, 
they're a little more willing to throw it around these days. So, uh, whereas I, I once <laughs> not if you of, ask Mac Jones, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, and some of his, uh, mouthings on the sidelines. So, mm. uh, yeah, maybe they didn't, but maybe they should throw it around more. So I'm not betting the under here. Not sure I can go over, but, um, yeah, it's an interesting game, and uh, I'll let Friedman take it away on the uh, Kingsbury. Yeah. Go ahead, narrative. Friedman. The floor it's, is yours for the Kingsbury it's, it's Nuggets like of the built day. Up, built up into this thing. I mean, okay, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury, good as an underdog. Okay, so anyway, past that. But I, I, I'm i not going to say the wrong team is favored here, but you know, like Fitz, I think this game is very close to a pick em. And so uh, at home, Arizona coming off of the bye, uh, yeah, I do see value here on them. And this was two uh, in the look ahead market. It's moved down to one and a half. And I think it's some books. It might even be one now. So it would not surprise me if this got to a pick them or flipped by the time uh, we had the kickoff here. All right, Friedman, give me your favorite bets in the look ahead early market for week 14. God, favorite bet. I mean, this is it is so disgusting, but I, I have to say Denver. I have to say Denver. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I'm I'm gonna hate myself for it. I'm gonna say Denver and the under uh, for that game. Let me make sure I'm just seeing the right <laughs> the right number here. It is available nine and a half at DraftKings, uh, and the under forty three. I like I like both of those, and it's very possible. I just have a total wrong read on that game. And uh, oh, look, if you so, might get the yeah. under and still get the nine, like, you yeah. know, that's, that's, that's a very yeah. distinct possibility with this Denver Broncos offense fits for you. Any early lock in look aheads? Well, the president of the Patrick Mahomes fan club is going to be knocking at Friedman's door, demanding his <laughs> membership card uh, later today. So yeah, I like uh, the Bengals Joe to really thump the Browns uh, revenge game narrative after the Halloween whipping they took. Uh, so yeah, I mean, only four and a half, give me Bengals minus four and a half uh, Tennessee also in a little bit of a revenge spot coming off a bad game against uh, the, the Eagles minus three and a half over Jacksonville. And uh, I'll jump on the Kingsbury narrative and take uh, the cards getting one and a half at home. There you have it. All right. Don't forget, everybody, to go subscribe to the YouTube channel over at bettingproseyoutube.com slash bettingpros. Click that little bell till it goes ding for notifications and check out bettingpros.com for all of the great content here that we're offering. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on for Pat Fitzmorris and Matthew Friedman. I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.